We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find all of my Mavs content at Dalton underscore Trigg on Twitter. Uh, you can follow our podcast account on Twitter at Step Back Mavs. Uh, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, remember, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, go in there, leave us a review, put your Twitter at or Instagram at, some kind of social media way of us getting in contact with you. And you could win a free Mavs Step Back t-shirt. Uh, so be sure to do that. Uh, today, I am not joined by my co-host, Matt Galatson. Uh, he had some stuff come up, and uh, I have a last-second special guest for you guys, Kevin Gray Jr. Uh, he is a sports radio host at 105.3 The Fan. Uh, he's got the Gray Area podcast. Uh, he's joined some of our live rooms on, on Green Room every now and then, uh, and I'm sure y'all follow him on uh, Twitter. And if you don't, that's at Kevin Gray Sports on Twitter. But Kevin, how you doing, man? I'm great, Dalton. Good to be with you, man, here on the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I feel like I've arrived in the Mavs community. Mavrello follows me. I'm on the <laughs> Step Back Podcast. I feel like I've arrived officially in the Mavs community this year. Uh, you know, the Mavrello account, he uh <laughs> he kinda he kind of went uh under a rock there after what happened during the off season. And then I see he just now recently appeared again. He's, he's much more active on Twitter. So uh, uh-huh. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to roll with to it. be seen, right? That's right. <laughs> he's uh he's kind of hijacking everybody's memes. So I don't, we'll see how that ends up going for him. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's uh it's good to have you on it. You know, I've been on your show a couple times now, and I was just, you know, when this happened, I was just like, you know what? I just talked to you not too long ago about uh, potentially coming on here. Let's see if we, if we can make it work, and sure enough, we did. Uh, and the Mavs, they just came off of a, a big win versus the Kings. Uh, I know the Kings aren't, you know, uh, they're not world beaters or anything like that, but 
Uh, it's only when it comes to the maps. <laughs> right, right. They <laughs> they could have hung their own banner last year with with how they beat the Mavs three uh, zero in the regular season. So uh, going into this one, it was just kind of like ah, uh, yeah, you expected a bounce back just because of how badly they got beaten down in Denver. Uh, that was just completely ridiculous how how embarrassing that was. And Luca, he had a season low sixteen points, and uh, you expected a big bounce back. But it was also the the third game in four nights, and not only the third game in four nights, but it was a a two thirty start. So it was like as close to a back to back to back as you can get. <laughs> And, Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, given given the lack of success versus the Kings uh, in the past, that you just kind of got this feel like that things could get bad in a hurry. But uh, the Mavs, they they led for the first time all season after the first quarter. They got off to a really good start, um, and you know, in, in the fourth quarter, and you were there, so you saw it too. And I'm gonna get your thoughts on it. But in the fourth quarter, there was a little less than nine minutes left. And the Mavs got a turnover. Uh, they were on a fast break. Sterling Brown hit a three-pointer to put them up 89 to 77. And at that point, you know, you're thinking, okay, this is this is pretty much in the books. You know, they're gonna they're gonna get their first win versus the Kings. It's, you know, no drama, no nothing. But you know, typical Mavs fashion, <laughs> they end up <laughs> making it way harder for themselves. You gotta, gotta and, keep it close, yeah. And then, you know, about five minutes after that happened, so there it was under five minutes remaining, Buddy Hill hits a three, makes it 92 to 89. So the Mavs are only up three with, you know, almost five minutes left. And you're starting to think, oh, no, here we go again. The Kings have all the momentum. Uh, the Mavs lead is almost nothing at this point. And then, you know, uh, Luca, the, the ball goes off of somebody's foot. I don't know if it was Luca's or Tristan Thompson's or what, but it rolls into mm-hmm. the backcourt. Luca picks it up, comes past half court. He's still standing on the logo, heaves up a near half court shot, and just it just hits the bottom of the net. And they go up six, six at that point. Uh, they immediately follow that with a turnover that leads to a Dorian Finney Smith dunk. And sure enough, the Mavs end up getting the win 105 to 99. So they ended up making it a little bit more stressful than it needed to be, but they got the win. They bounced back. Uh, they're four and two on the season. They're three and zero at home, which is, you know, a much welcome sign about that? Given, given their home struggles <laughs> over the last few years. So what are your initial takeaways from that game yesterday? You know, it's interesting because Jason Kick told us, you know, after the game that part of the idea was to get the Mavs out in transition as far as their transition dif- defense was concerned. And you saw that, look, they outscored the Kings 13 to one. As far as fast break points are concerned, they converted 13 Kings turnovers into 20 points. And I thought that was huge in this game. You saw the huge outlet home run pass from Dodges to Dwight Powell. You saw the, how Neil Aquino was able to help get them out in transition to get some easy buckets. But you knew a really good offensive team in the Sacramento Kings were going to try to stress the defense and put pressure on them. It was going to be incumbent upon the Mavericks to really be able to turn those transition buck, you know, plays into points, and they were able to do so. And you mentioned it, you know, Doncic hitting that 36-footer, you know, at about 4.53 left, and then they get the steal and they get the dunk by Dorian Finney-Smith, really kind of just turned things around in what was a wild sequence. It felt like a game of runs. I mean, the Mavs jumped out, what was it, 22 to nine to start off the game. 
Doncic accounts for the what the first 17 points of the game scoring or assisting on the first 17 points. The Kings come back with a 23-12 run of their own to kind of get back into the game. And it was a competitive game from there. So I thought the Mavericks handled themselves well, especially after a real, real bad loss on the road against a different Nugget team that's supposed to be really good this year. But the Mavericks weren't supposed to be that bad on the road against Denver to come in to beat a team that beat them three out of, you know, three out of three last year. Uh, I thought the Mavericks really handled themselves and grinded out a win and defensively continues to show the improvements that I think a lot of us thought they were going to have last year, but they're so far they're improving defensively this year. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I don't, I, I feel like this is a, a better quality win than, you know, the wins they had against Toronto and Houston. Um, mm-hmm. and even San Antonio, even though, you know, San Antonio, they've had a bunch of close losses. Uh, this was on a different, it was on a little bit different level for me because I think the Kings are actually good this year. Uh, you know, they were undefeated on the road heading into that game yesterday and now they're three and one, but, uh, they've got some really good pieces and former Mav, uh, former Maverick Harrison Barnes, you know, going into that game yesterday, he was averaging, uh, 25 points per game and you, you know they held him to 15 points on five of 16 shooting that was huge uh De'Aaron Fox who I thought would just you know come in and kind of light the Mavs up uh him and uh, Tyrese Halliburton they were each held to 14 points a piece and they mm-hmm. they both shot uh Fox shot five of 16 from the field uh and Halliburton shot five of 14 from the field so Overall, the Mavs did a really good job defensively, and that's one of the things that sticks out to you about this team early on this season. Yeah, the offense has been clunky at times, and they're still trying to figure stuff out, but I think for the most part, they're just not hitting shots because there's a lot of times where good shots are being generated. Uh, They're getting some wide-open threes like they did yesterday. Dorian Finney-Smith had some, Reggie Bullock. Uh, you know, they're getting good looks. It's just they're just not hitting them right now. And even yesterday, uh, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, he had 13 points and six rebounds, two steals, and he made some big plays and everything, but he still didn't shoot the ball well. He was 5 of 13 from the field, only hit one of his six three-point attempts. Uh, Luca, he had 23 points, 10 assists, and uh, eight rebounds, but he only shot one of seven from deep. And so for them to be able to grind out wins like this with their defense, which seems to be very real, you know, that's a real thing that has improved tremendously uh, so far this year compared to last year. I think that's like, I think that bodes really well going forward because if, if you're establishing your defense now and then those shots start falling later, like they should, you know, it's just a variance thing. Uh, I think the Mavs could end up, you know, really piling on some wins you know, the further the season goes. Now, obviously the competition's not, you know, it's going to end up getting, being better than what it's been so far. Like sure. tomorrow they'll play the Miami Heat. The Heat have been amazing so far. Jimmy Butler is like a dark horse MVP candidate <laughs> so far. <laughs> uh, Tyler Hero, he was my pick, uh, my preseason pick to be most improved player this year. And he's played mm. really, really well. He's almost averaging the same, uh, the same stats as Luca right now. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm really optimistic about it. The defense is something that's very real. Uh, I want, speaking of defense and really offense too, one of my 
biggest surprises is Frank Nilakina because mm-hmm. I mean I liked him as a very low very low risk but potentially high reward signing in free agency and so far he's just completely you know blown my expectations out of the water you know with his early season contributions and uh, it seems like he's one of the first people to come off the bench now and he's hitting his threes and he's playing great defense like he always does seems like he's in three places at once on the defensive end so um, I mean, what what are your thoughts on Neil Aquina and how he's played so far for the Mavs? And is is there somebody else that's really caught your eye in the early season goings? Yeah, I think Neil Aquina has been fantastic. You know, he comes comes off the bench, gets twelve points against the Kings, really helps the Mavericks get up and down and transition. As you mentioned, we knew he was going to be a pretty good defensive player coming in, but what's surprising most about him is that he's developing a little bit more consistency in terms of his jump shot, especially beyond the three-point line, which is huge to be able to provide not just the defensive presence coming off the bench, but the scoring punch also because, you know, when the Mavericks signed, you know, Sterling Brown and Reggie Bullock, the idea was that these were a couple of 3-and-D guys that could shoot the ball well from the three-point line. But now you've got an added bonus in Anil Aquina, who defensively is going to continue to play well. But if he can continue to knock down shots, that really helps out that second unit, especially when you start thinking about, you know, where the scoring comes from, from those second units. And you mentioned, you know, another guy who I think has really stood out to me so far. And part of that second unit has been Jalen Brunson. You know, I'm seeing a different Jalen Brunson in terms of his ability to attack. He seems much more aggressive in terms of not just making plays for himself and getting to the rim, but making plays for others around him and being much sharper with his passes and seeing things on a little bit higher level. So I think Jalen Brunson has been a real stabilizing force for this team early on so far this year, and that bodes well, especially when he is the primary ball handler and facilitator for that second unit. Brunson's got to be able to make sure that he's generating offense and making sure that the ball movement continues to be there because I think at times, and you may have observed this too, especially when at times Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson are on the floor together, and Jim Brunson's the primary ball handler. It feels like there's a lot of standing around at times right. offensively. But at the same time, I want to see the team be able to move without the basketball better so that Brunson can be able to continue to make some more plays. But Frank Nilakina and Jalen Brunson, to me, have been really, really good so far. And that's important for a second unit that really needs to be able to provide some scoring, but also continue to play well defensively, especially in those non-Luka minutes that they're out there for. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of having a guy like Neil Aquina, you know, with his length. He's got like a seven-foot-one wingspan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, always been a really solid defender. The offense is what's been the the real question mark with him. But, you know, I really like that that uh, backcourt pairing coming off the bench together. I think they – I think they will help each other tremendously, you know, throughout the rest of this season. I definitely like that backcourt better than, you know, Jalen Brunson and Trey Burke. So, <laughs> we, uh, I, I think that has a lot more potential. I love the idea that, you know, that Frank is only 23 years old. Uh, just like I said, it was a low-risk, potentially high-reward reward sign. Got a lot of room to grow. That's true, yeah. Yeah, a lot of room to grow, and I mean, I I think it's, you know, it's working out as well as it possibly could have, at least early on, so. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, we're going to get into this too, Kevin. I want to get your thoughts on it, but uh, everybody knows 
that I have not been a fan of Dwight Powell being in the starting lineup. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's putting it nicely. I don't uh-huh. have any. I don't have anything against the guy, Kevin. I just. I think if he, you know, if he's going to play the minutes that he's been playing, I feel like it needs to either be off the bench or, you know, like we saw yesterday when he's starting next to Maxi. I think that's something you could do when KP is out. But, you know, when KP's back, I feel like you need to bring him off the bench and pair him with Maxi because those two, that that two man pairing has played really well off the bench together in the past. And I just don't think playing Powell at center next to KP is a winning formula at the start of games because, you know, well, we saw it, you know, KP's only played three games so far this season out of the six, but in those three games, they got off to rough starts in every single one of them and had to, had to play from behind and only came back in those two against uh, Houston and Toronto. So, I mean, where are you at on the starting lineup stuff? I mean, uh, I've made it known that I want my my ideal starting five is Luca at point guard, and then you have Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, mm-hmm. Reggie Bullock, uh, Slide Dorian, Finney Smith over to the four, and then have KP at the five. So, I mean, where are you at on that? Uh, where do you what do you think on the current starting lineup when KP is healthy? And I mean, where are you on KP overall in general? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's interesting because as you were running down who you believe your starting five should be, I almost feel like that Maxie's earned the ability to get back into that starting lineup because 
I guess my ideal one, especially if the Mavericks are serious about continuing to improve defensively, you know, you have Luca, you have THJ. Reggie Bullock's a better defender, but I know Dorian Finney-Smith's earned the right to continue to be the starter on this team, but the way he's shooting the ball right now, you may have to make a lineup change, especially until he gets right from the three-point line. But I would love to see Maxi Kleba at the four and then Porzingis, you know, when he's healthy at the five. And you say, Kevin, that doesn't really jive with the way that the Mavericks said that they want to play, you know, Porzingis this season, want to play him more at the four. But, but I feel like for a more effective defensive lineup, Maxi's been terrific defensively, especially with his blocks, you know, weak side help and really, you know, defending the paint well. Dwight Powell feels like an energy guy off the bench type of person, as you were kind of mentioning. He provides you a lot of energy, a lot of hustle, will get up and down the floor, good in pick and roll situations where he can finish, you know, at the rim. I don't like this idea of him shooting threes. I don't know who put that into his mind or why the Mavericks thought it would be a good idea. Let's get Dwight Powell shooting more threes, you know, from the three-point line this year. Um, But for Porzingis, look, we said coming into the season that the Mavericks' health or the Mavericks season depended on Chris House Porzingis' health and his ability to be available for the Mavericks a majority of this season. And he's already missed half of the six games that they've played. So it just lends to more frustration, I think, on Mavs fans' part about what can Chris House Porzingis actually be. And I think what concerned me most about Porzingis before he went out was that he was trying to do all this stuff off the dribble, you know, trying to create off the dribble and shooting mid-range jump shots, you know, off the dribble. And Jason Kidd has said, look, we want to get KP to doing some of the things he was doing in New York. And I told folks around me, I said, I don't know if his body will allow him to do the kinds of things that he was doing in New York. And if you're trying to get him, you know, posted up or if you're trying to get him to do stuff off the dribble and to create and take those mid-range jump shots, one, he's got to become a more effective mid-range shooter in order to get him to the kind of player that you want him to be. But two, I don't know if the best use of Christos Porzingis even at the young age that he is at 25, 26 years old, the way that his body has broken down at times throughout his career, that you want him doing off the dribble things and doing extra movements that could put more stress on his body that could potentially have him missing games. So while I'm, I'm down on Porzingis at the moment just because he hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy, even if you're a detractor of Kristaps Porzingis, you've got to see him get healthy because if you feel like you want to move him to be able to get other pieces to build a championship team around him, that can't happen unless he's on the floor and playing good basketball. And even if he is, the catch-22 may be the Mavericks feel like, well, we won the trade, and Porzingis is becoming the player that we thought he could be alongside Luka Doncic. So either way, Porzingis has got to get healthy and be on the floor for consistent stretches for the Mavericks to be able to be where they want to go as far as the team is concerned in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's 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 super disappointing because yeah. I mean, this podcast was just one of the outlets that was basically screaming every chance we got. Oh, well, you know, KP, this is the first time he's been fully healthy for an entire off season. Same he, here. Same yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's had a he's had a chance to really you know work on his game and not have to rehab and everything, and so. For him to have lower what what the team's calling lower back tightness after just three games, and now he's missed three full games, it's just I don't know. It's really it's almost depressing for me because I mean it just kind of it's kind of a big reality check. Like man, this guy he's seven foot three. Maybe he just can't stay healthy. You know, maybe it's not just maybe maybe it just hasn't been some bad luck stuff. Maybe this is just 
this is just what he is. Uh, now, given it's early, uh, there's an 82 game season this year. Uh, the Mavs are obviously going to be cautious whenever they can with KP because the main goal is, would, you know, would be to have him completely healthy for the postseason when they get there. But, you know, KP being healthy and playing as much as he can in the regular season, that's going to d- determine where the Mavs end up in the standings in the West. And it's a bloodbath in the West throughout the course of an entire season. <laughs> that's right. I mean, and now you got a situation where it's not like you're just fighting for, you know, the top eight spots. They've got the play-in stuff now. So mm-hmm. uh, if you end up in the play-in, you're one, potentially two losses away from your season just being completely over. Uh, and there's just a lot of good teams out there. So I would say given everything that's happened so far, including KP getting hurt, uh, for the Mavs to be four and two right now, I, I feel pretty good about that, given how they've played. <laughs> at times. Exactly, especially uh, offensively. Yeah, like if if you look how this offense has performed in these first six games, and if you if if all the, if all you did was give somebody the offensive numbers, the percentages that they've shot and everything, and you said, okay, what's their record after these first six games? People would be like, oh man, they probably went like one and five. You know, two, two, two and four at the most. And it's like, no, well, they're four and two. Oh, sweet. <laughs> sweet. We it's can crazy. work with that. Yeah, it's crazy because you look at some of the numbers. The Mavericks are 27th in the NBA in offensive rating at 99.3. The only three teams that are worse than them are the Rockets, the Thunder, and the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> That's how wild the Mavericks have been offensively. But again, to your point earlier, defensively they've been able to be pretty good and as long as their defense continues to travel you hope at some point they start making shots especially from the three-point line like they can't keep shooting you know 21 25 percent from three all season long but it's wild to think that they've got a sub 100 offensive rating and are still four and two on the early part of the season so far and i mean look i i kind of joked about this on the timeline uh yesterday during the game but Dorian Finney-Smith needs to have another baby, Kevin. He, <laughs> he, he needs to have another baby because when he did, uh, when his when his he was wife, like Superman, yeah. yeah. When his wife gave birth last year, you know, he was shooting like fifty percent from three from that point on. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's true. That is so, true. Uh, I, maybe maybe uh, maybe Dorian Finney-Smith needs to take a few days off and you know get get to a point where that happens again. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, look, I mean, even if – in all seriousness, though, he's not going to continue to shoot 18% from three. He's too good right. of a player. I mean, he's he's not a superstar or anything like that. But, I mean, he's shot nearly 40% for the last two seasons. So, this guy, he can he can actually shoot the ball, and he's not con- going to continue to shoot 32% overall and 18% from three. That's not going to happen. Luca, he's not going to continue to shoot as badly as he has from three either. I think he's right there around that 20 – uh, somewhere between 20 to 23 percent on threes for the season so far. I mean, it, it, like I said earlier, a lot of people have mentioned it, but it's one of those things where it's like they're gonna have an uptick at, at some point, and there's gonna be some team that's gonna be like the victim of like a 40 point massacre when, <laughs> when that variance comes back around. And you know, maybe hopefully it's against the Miami Heat, uh, tomorrow night, but you know, we'll see how it goes. But um, so Kevin, we're going to move on to just like a quick preview of this Mavs heat game. It's going to be on TNT. Um, 
what are you looking for in that matchup? Uh, what, how do you like the Mavs' chances on it, uh, given the the starting lineup and the depth that the Heat have? It'll, it'll be the Mavs' first time playing against uh, the guy that they were the uh, the bridesmaids for, so to speak, in free agency and Kyle Lowry. So uh, how do you see that game going tomorrow? I think the biggest thing for me is just to continue what you're doing on the defensive end. You mentioned it earlier, Jimmy Butler, you know, dark horse MVP candidate so far for the Miami Heat or playing really good basketball, you know, at the moment. Can this Dallas Mavericks team continue to improve shooting the ball from the three-point line, but guarding and having consistent starts like they did in this game against the Sacramento Kings for the first time in six games, they actually won the first quarter. So getting off to a quick start, establishing yourself, especially on the defensive end, but more importantly, you know, making shots and getting yourself into an offensive flow and rhythm where guys are moving the basketball, creating that kind of energy that puts stress on this Miami heat defense. You know, you've got Bam at a bio, you've got Kyle Lowry, you've got, you know, Jimmy Butler, as you mentioned, an improving Tyler hero, this is going to be a game where I want to see during the first five minutes how a team in the Dallas Mavericks sets the tone, not only defensively, but are they hitting shots? And you saw how Luka opened up the game against the, you know, the Kings. He was ultra aggressive, getting to the basket and trying to look for his own shot to get himself offensively going, you know, in a rhythm there. And it worked, especially in the first quarter. So how much, how much more aggressive will Doncic be to me in the first five minutes will tell me a lot about how the Mavericks mentality will be building off of a win at home against the Sacramento Kings, but uh, should be a fun one to watch. Look, it's the Heat and the Mavericks. A lot of history between these two teams, obviously, throughout the years, and it's always fun to see these two teams go at it, especially the way that uh, the Miami Heat have opened up, but more importantly, how the Dallas Mavericks are building on this going forward because they got to come out of that sub-100 offensive rating uh, if they want to go anywhere this season. Yeah, there's definitely no love lost there. And it's kind of weird, too, because, like, the way they're te- – especially in the bubble, and, I mean, it's still kind of the same way now, but it's like the way the Miami Heat have constructed their team, I kind of find myself – I don't want to say I'm rooting for them because that's that's not true. But Oh, you can't say uh, that on this podcast. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you're, not, you're not rooting for them, but, like, when, in, in the bubble – like, you know, when they were playing against other teams and you were looking at their roster compared to others, it was just like, man, I hate how fun this roster is. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. true. And uh, it's kind of the same situation now. But, um, I mean, the Mavs, if, if KP is still out for tomorrow's game, which, you know, that that's yet to be seen, I think he's still questionable. Um, that's going to hurt. Uh, Maxi Kleba, he strained his back. He only played seven minutes against the Kings, so that's now something mm-hmm. else that the Mavs have to worry about. Uh, but Bam Adebayo, he is uh, supposedly questionable for tomorrow's game, according to what I'm seeing on ESPN. So uh, if he's missing tomorrow's game, that that at least that at least makes me feel a little bit better that you know Bam Adebayo isn't having to uh, go against Dwight Powell <laughs> in the starting lineup. So. We'll exactly. See. We'll we'll see how it goes, but it should be a fun game. Uh, Luca, uh, aside from one game last year, you know, over the course of his career, he tends to struggle against Miami, and that's basically just because of how uh, hard nosed they are. They're you know, they hand check a bunch. It doesn't get called there because of their defensive rep and all that stuff. So he tends to struggle a little bit more against the Heat, and hopefully he can break out and 
because we really haven't seen, you know, Luca had that that logo shot against the Kings yesterday, Kevin. But you know, as far as, as his total points and everything like that, we really haven't seen a Luca breakout game this year, and it, it's really. I think it's only a matter of time before we get that Luca flamethrower game because this dude, he was the preseason MVP just like he was last year. And now for the second straight year, he's kind of gotten off to a slow start. And I don't know, I don't know what the the reasons for that are. He seemed like he was in extremely good shape heading into into training camp. Uh, he played in the Olympics this offseason and I figured that would give him a head start on getting in shape for training camp and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, had a more, had a more normal off season than what it was after the bubble. So I don't know what the, what the deal is. Maybe he's just a player that just doesn't get off to fast starts. Cause we know what he does. <laughs> <laughs> we know what he does when it gets, you know, past Christmas and on into the rest of the season, but uh, hopefully he can break through and get his first, um, his first really good outing, overall outing against the Miami Heat. But uh, I guess we'll end on that, Kevin. I mean, where do you see Luka Doncic heading from where he's at right now? Because the first six games, like I said, he's averaging about 23 points. Uh, let's see, 23 points, eight and seven. I think that's right. So, mm-hmm. like, he he's on pace for, like, close to a triple-double average, but it's still – his shooting percentages are awful. And it's not it's not up to his megastar standings after being a, an all-NBA first-team guy the last two years. So, where do you see Luca, or how do you see Luca getting out of this current funk that he's in? Uh, I think a lot of it started with the way that he started against the Kings, trying to get to the basket early to establish some offensive rhythm for himself and then working his way out because, you know, you saw last year the development of his mid-range game. We saw the one-legged fadeaways and some of the things that he's developed from a mid-range standpoint. Being able to work from the inside out, I think, is going to be good for Doncic, especially knowing that he's going to still obviously be the primary ball handler facilitator, you know, for this team. He's got to find ways to get easy buckets early to be able to get in some confidence so that he starts to move out as the game goes on that he has the ability to knock down those shots. And maybe there is something to, you know, the idea, because he played a ton of basketball, you know, this summer and did a lot of training, obviously, and can prepare, you know, prepare for the season. That maybe he's off to a little bit of a slow start because he might be a little tired from all the basketball that he was playing, you know, to start off with. So he won't continue to shoot at the clip that he's at, but while he is still struggling a little bit from the three-point line or from the outside, how aggressive he remains getting to the basket, getting easy buckets, getting to the free throw line where he needs to continue to obviously improve there to get him some offensive rhythm. I think it's going to be key for him. And as long as he continues to do that, the jump shots will come as the season goes on. But remaining aggressive is the big thing for me, for him. Yeah, and I mean, look, they had the uh, they had the the new rule change with how fouls are called this year, and for mm-hmm. the most part, for the most part, I feel like he's adjusted to that well. But he's not getting calls on like on just normal foul stuff, <laughs> like <laughs> like he like like Kevin. Honestly, I feel like he has adjusted really well to the to not trying to bait guys into fouls. He's just kind, you know, he's being aggressive and driving and basically getting whacked like there was one play against the kings where deer and fox just had his arms wrapped around his waist uh not all the way obviously but he was basically holding on to his waistband 
And, uh, you know, he wasn't able, Luca wasn't able to get the call for that. And he ended up getting a technical foul yesterday that he'll have to watch, you know, he'll have to watch that stuff through the rest of the regular season. But uh, to me, I feel like he's adjusted to the new rule pretty, pretty good, but uh, he's just not getting calls right now on the, on the regular stuff. And I think it's really frustrating him. So, uh, once those, you know, once he starts getting some calls, once the shots start falling, uh, I think we're going to see more of what we expected from uh, the preseason MVP favorite, you know, going the rest of the way. But, uh, Kevin, look, man, I'm going to let you get out of here. I really appreciate you uh, coming on su- on such short notice. Uh, it was It was nice to finally get you on here, and we'll definitely have to do it again sometime, man. Definitely, man. I appreciate the invite. I love what you guys do over at Mav Step Back. You know, you and Matt Gladson and all the guys that, and gals that do the work there. And I, I appreciate the invite, man, and looking forward to doing it again sometime for sure. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. And again, guys, that is at Kevin Gray Sports. Uh, he does a lot of stuff for 105.3 The Fan. Uh, he's got the Gray Area Podcast. Be sure to go check him out. Give him a follow on Twitter and all that good stuff. So, Guys, we appreciate it. That's going to do it for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Like I mentioned at the beginning, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And remember, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to go give that review. Uh, Put your Twitter or Instagram ad in there, and you're automatically entered for a chance to win one of our very nice Mavs Step Back t-shirts. We will see you guys next time. We'll probably come on here after Miami Heat game tomorrow night. Y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.